Welcome to Curious Insights from History. I'm John Walker, and I know enough history to be dangerous. Super glad you're listening to the show today. Hello there, friends and neighbors. Welcome to another show today. Appreciate you listening. We're going to do something a little different today, a little different format. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Going to give you a quiz. Going to give you a three-question quiz. If you can answer these three questions, you can consider yourself an absolute expert on the Civil War. First, we're going to talk about a little document. You've heard of this one. First written September the 22nd, 1862, and again reemphasized January 1st, 1863. It ends with these words, all persons held as slaves within any state or states, wherein the constitutional authority of the United States shall not be then practically recognized, submitted to and maintained, shall then, thenceforth, and forever be free. The Emancipation Proclamation, famous document. I read a book not long ago called Lincoln's Gamble by, by Todd Brewster. This is one of those books I thought was just fantastic, and I suggest it to other people, and they go, yep, that's an interesting book, John, not so hot. But I thought it was really interesting. Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation is something that he had thought about for a while. You know, early in the war, he had said, if I could free all the slaves, some of the slaves, or none of the slaves, I'd do it to preserve the Union. But as time goes by, his views seem to be evolving a little bit. And this is not something that's very well accepted in the North. There is a gamble here. There is a chance of this falling on his face. You know, you have the border states that have slavery, and when he frees those slaves, he is concerned about what that does in those border states. Here's the first quiz for the day. Exactly how many slaves did the Emancipation Proclamation free? (laughs) The answer is pretty close to zero. Because it only applied to the states that were in rebellion. And the states, by definition, being in rebellion, don't listen to what Lincoln has to say. So why the fuss? Why the fuss about the Emancipation Proclamation? There's no immediate freedom. However, there are things about this that are really significant. It changes the views in the North and the South. It changes the war from being about union and about rebellion, and moves it closer toward being a referendum on slavery. Another thing that's interesting for those who don't know much about the war, there was interest in France and Britain coming in on the side of the South. There was the possibility of that happening. But those countries were both anti-slavery, strongly, pretty strongly. When the Emancipation Proclamation came out, it kind of forced the hand on that, and they didn't want to do it. Those countries weren't interested in, in coming to help. It's really interesting to me, this, this uh, whole idea of the Emancipation Proclamation. We think that Lincoln one day woke up and said, I'm going to free the slaves, and, and they were all freed. But really, that's not how it happened. This is a bold move by Lincoln. It doesn't free slaves, but it does move the war and the people in the North and the South into an interesting direction. All right, here's question number two for today. In January 1862, 1862, early in the war, there are black soldiers on which side? The North 
or the south? Yeah, you know that's a trick question, so you're not going to say north. The fact is, Lincoln, early in the war, is afraid of having soldiers in the Union Army. He's afraid of what it'll do in the border states. He doesn't think it's going to be much good, and so he refuses those black men who want to fight for the North. And it's my understanding that there were a handful of men in the South who were actually soldiers, don't know that anyone was ever in combat, and may have been not so accurate to call them soldiers. But in January of 1862, the correct answer is there were soldiers black soldiers in the South and not in the North. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation comes out, and there are a few black soldiers in 1862 later on, but then in 1863, you start seeing black soldiers in combat. And they did pretty well. Now, they're not integrated. They're all, they're all in their own union. We don't have integration in our military until Truman and the Korean War. But their numbers grow, they, their numbers swell. The black soldier does pretty well for the Northern Army. Late in the war, they become quite significant. Pretty interesting. Well, here's test number three then. Did we ever have black soldiers specifically recruited for the Confederacy? Okay, tough question. Let's talk about it. In 1863, as early as 1863, there were newspapers that said, we can make our black soldiers fight better than the Yankees do. But there were also alternate views that said it would be a confession of absolute inability to secure the object for which we undertook the war. Meaning, well, wait a minute. If we're going to have them be soldiers, there's some confusion about what we're fighting for. In 1865, the war is clearly in the northern advantage. According to James McPherson, who has written extensively about the Civil War, he really knows a lot about it. Embattled Rebel is the book that this comes from. It's the story of Jefferson Davis. In 1865, there are approximately 126,000 Confederate soldiers present for duty. The Union has about 621,000. That's a tough tough road to hoe with that kind of unbalance. But the South does move forward with a plan to have Southern black soldiers. They never really say exactly and specifically that they gain their freedom by fighting for the South, but it's kind of understood. It's kind of there. The, The legislation... Jefferson Davis and Lee are both for it. Lee is pretty strongly for it at this point. And Virginia, in the Senate, votes against it, and it doesn't carry, and Lee uses it as influence to get him to pass it. But this is late in the year. It's a time of desperation, as we said. But March 13th of 1865, the South passes the law that says black Confederate soldiers will be accepted and in, and in essence, they will be give their, gain their freedom by fighting for the South. So the answer to the question is we have black soldiers in the South. The answer is yes and no. We really don't. But in desperation, they do pass the law that sets up the idea of black soldiers in the South. 
March the 13th is when that passes. Of course, Appomattox is April the 2nd. That's when Lee surrenders to Grant. So there's only a couple of weeks there, and that never does really get off the ground. These are interesting things to me about the Civil War. Not many people know about the complexities of black soldiers when the Emancipation Proclamation did what it did and what it didn't do. But I think this is a very... Making black soldiers in the North and the South challenges the view that the black man is inferior. In the North, when they first start having black soldiers, there's a good uproar. There's a big uproar. We don't want to be fighting to free the black man. We are not. And Lincoln says, look, if, you're, if you want to fight to free the black man or if you want to fight to preserve the Union or if you want to just fight because you like blue better than gray, whatever your reason, just go ahead and fight. But it is interesting that it's not something that the North, it's not a clear-cut North is all for emancipation and the South is not. It's a little more complicated than that. In fact, it's a good bit more complicated than that. But I, I think it's interesting also how this plays out. Of course, eventually, when the war is over, soon after the laws are passed and slavery is done away with, there's a Interesting quote from a man named Howell Cobb. He's a military commander in the Confederacy. And during this controversy about freeing the slaves and letting them, letting them fight for the South, he says, if slaves make good soldiers, our whole theory of slavery is wrong. If slaves make good soldiers, our whole theory of slavery is wrong. What he is saying is if the black man is a good soldier, is as good a soldier as the white man. How can we say we should keep them as slaves? Part of the idea of slavery is you have to decide that the black man is not human. To treat him like cattle and to buy and sell him in a market, you have to make some kind of assumption that the black man is not fully human. And this happens a lot in history. You know, the, the Germans did this to the Jews. First they started blaming them for things, and then they dehumanized them a little bit. And then they, after they had decided they weren't human, it was pretty easy to just go kill a bunch of them. But it seems like you've got to first decide they're not human. Same thing when you read about how the Japanese treated the Chinese, especially in Nanking and other places, just brutal, brutal, disastrous treatment of the Chinese, lighting them on fire, using them for bayonet practice, just terrible, just terrible treatment of those people. And they had decided that those Chinese people were not human. It was in their conversation. Those people were not human. Same thing in Russia with the Gulag. Those, there was a decision that the people in the prison system were no longer human. The point is, I think for us, we all have a tendency to do that. Even politically, we, people that are politically in opposition to us, we, we tend to want to say there is something inherently wrong with them. We don't want to admit that our opponent is fully human. And I believe that if we can always understand that we are all fully human, it keeps us from the disastrous atrocities that we've done to each other over history. I think the first thing you've got to do to treat people with total contempt is to make up in your mind 
a conviction that they are not human. When we agree that the black man is fully a soldier, he is fully human, slavery falls apart. When the German can see the Jew is fully human, he can't do what he did to him. I think being able to understand that we're all human is a big, big piece of information for us. It's pretty simple. But I think for us, remember, when you get in a conversation and you start talking about a race of people or a class of people or some type of people, and the conversation starts trying to imply that those people are somehow inferior and not fully human, catch yourself and realize that we are, in fact, all fully human. Keep you from a lot of controversy and keep you from a lot of uh, disastrous things that have happened in history. Well, I hope that helps. It's really interesting to me. Interesting to me about how the Civil War played out and how slavery was, uh, of course, a key part of it, but in, in a way not a key part of it. And how the Emancipation Proclamation didn't free any slaves, but it moved the war in the direction that it needed to go for that eventual freedom to take place. Hope it helps. Always remember, we're all human. We're all fully human. Hey, read a good book. Try something new.